Okay, welcome to Sing When You're Whining. <laughs> and I'm going to do some whining this week, Andrew, and I'm going to start with you because we've just recorded 10 minutes and you forgot to press fucking record, <laughs> you dingbat. So I we've already mate. done this once, I apologise, uh, but we're going to do it again. He's furious, fans, he's furious. <laughs> Welcome Mate. to Sing When You're Whining. Uh, this week, uh, what have we got coming up? We've got the Champions League. Uh, we've, uh, we've had the second round of games. Uh, this week, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Whitecaps and the absolute disgrace that that was at the weekend. I'm pretty, uh, I'm furious about Fired that. Fired up, aren't you, mate? I'm really upset about that. And I was full flow until we realised we weren't recording before. Uh, we're also, we're also got a, we've got a guest with us uh, this week. Uh, as you know, we had Mar... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who have we got? Oh, you did it so perfectly the first time as well. You dickhead. <laughs> Who have we got? No, 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 no. We go straight through. Folks, let me say As you remember, in week one, we had the uh, the wonderful Carl Valentine with us. Well, this week, uh, we've got another guest. We've got uh, the new manager, Mark, with us uh, on the show. I must preface that with it's not Mark DeSantos. It's Mark Pennington of the Thompson River University Wolfpack. Uh, the, new, the new coach who got the job, uh, when was it, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah, about three weeks ago. Well, congratulations. Thanks. Um, uh, Mark's been a friend of ours for, for a few years, uh, and he's, he's going to be moving out to Kamloops in the, in, the, in the summer to take over their program over there. We're going to talk to you a little bit. We're going to get into more detail about that later in the, uh, later in the show. Uh, but for now, let's start with uh, let's start with uh, the important thing, which was the Champions League this week. Uh, Manchester City went through yesterday. They uh, absolutely battered Schalke. Um, unbelievable waste of time, but uh, whatever. We're not going to talk about that game. And then uh, the second one was uh, Juventus came back. Well, I say Juventus, I mean Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> the one-man team. Ronaldo came back and beat Atletico Madrid. Uh, you know, what, what can you say about Ronaldo? He, he's Not he's, much without getting in legal trouble. He's annoying, but, but he just finds a way to do it all the time, eh? Yeah, did you see he, he told his family or some friends that he was going to score a hat-trick pre-game? And, uh, and he did it. Yeah. I this this is the thing with him. I mean, you you want to hate him because of because of how he acts and who he is and the way he, you know portrays himself. But you can't help but admire the fact that he has this arrogance. Keeps, but he just producing. does it. He does yeah. it all the time. It's so good. Uh, so Juventus uh, went through yesterday. This afternoon, uh, Barcelona went through. Uh, the other kind of living legend, Messi, got a couple as they cruised past Leon. And then, of course, the mighty Reds uh, beat Bayern Munich in Munich today, 3-1. Uh, of course, they probably the best footballer in the world right now, Sadio Mane, scored uh, a worldie himself. Uh, it was a worldie. It was a worldie. Yeah. We've all seen it now, of course, because we talked about it 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, just the Liverpool performance today I thought was, was excellent. I thought they did everything that... Obviously, we needed them to do. You can never. I think Munich is one of those places, one of those teams that you can, if you're an if you're an educated football fan and you've been around long enough and you've seen enough things, you can never expect to go to to Munich and and win. And I think nil nil after the first leg. <clears throat> obviously, Liverpool missed a few chances. You've got to. Everybody should have expected Munich to go through today. Uh, despite what Liverpool are right now, and I thought that performance that they put in today was was one of Liverpool's finest ever in European competition. I was talking to a Munich fan who said that they were missing four players that meant that they didn't perform. Yeah, I don't care. That's all excuses. Liverpool that, were missing um, players. They were saying that their best player is the fullback, the one that got suspended after the first game at Anfield, and they said if he was on the pitch, it would have been a different game. Well, they're lying. It wouldn't have been. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't know anything about Munich, and I don't know anything about that fullback. I don't believe a fullback is changing that result today. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not having it. I mean, to go to go to Munich in a Champions League knockout game, you know, and put in and get that result, regardless of what the performance was. Not many teams go to Munich in Champions League and and hand them, you know, score three goals. Well, essentially score four, right? <laughs> yeah. But you know, but it is the other thing is is that across the. 
across the, obviously the, the the game three weeks ago at Anfield, Munich didn't have a shot on goal. Uh, today, apart from the goal, they only really created that one chance at the start of the second half that f- that flashed across the box. So in 180 minutes, they've created two chances. It wasn't even a tie. Because Liverpool, the game should have been to bed after the game it at should, Anfield. Yeah, it should have been. Like, you know, you talk about how good Manny's goal was today, but he's missed the sitter at Anfield. To, missed two or three, didn't to he? Make up for it. The game could have been out of sight after the first leg. So the tie appeared a lot closer than it was. I thought Liverpool were, were fantastic. They were. They were very good. Um, so now we've got the last day to look forward to. We've got the draw coming up. Uh, Who do you guys want? Uh, personally, I mean, at this point, I, I want Porto just because I think the they're probably the weaker of the teams that are left in it. Um, I don't think it matters who you get. If you're asking me what my ideal draw is at this point, I want uh, obviously Liverpool to get Porto. I want Spurs to get Ajax because then I want to get the winner of that in the semi-final if you get there. I want uh, Juventus to get Barcelona to get rid of one of them. And I want the Manchester derby because I think the Manchester derby can help Liverpool domestically. Any game that you can put City under into right now that takes them away from the league is a good one for me. But that that's a that's a huge one. I remember, do you remember years ago when it could have been a Liverpool United final? Yeah, two thousand eight. And no one wanted it, right? No, it would have been a nightmare. You know, the funny thing about that game is, is that if if Liverpool had to beat Chelsea in that semi final, I would never have come to Canada because all that money that I saved up would have gone to go to Moscow. <laughs> Uh, why couldn't we have beaten Chelsea why couldn't we have beaten Chelsea oh god bloody Chelsea <laughs> and now look where we are and now look where we are oh my god <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean that's my that's my ideal draw I think if it, I, the reason I want Man City to get Man United is because I think the English media would go nuts on that game it would it would be a lot of pressure on Man City I think it might take their eye off the ball a little bit in the in the premiership which would potentially open the door for Liverpool uh, in the league again. Uh, so I think that has that's the most beneficial scenario when it comes. So to, a question to, for to, for, you, for you two as Liverpool fans. Obviously, uh, we don't have this problem. I'm, you know, my team's uh, doesn't get to compete in Champions League. So Sunderland. I am a Sunderland fan. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, actually, you didn't put that on your in your notes there. Like we had, a, there was another big game you forgot to talk about this week. Sunderland oh, yes. played Barnsley. Sunderland Barnsley, and that was a classic nil nil draw. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, nil nil. We'll take the point away <laughs> away from home. Um, but so you would would you regard the Champions League as more prestigious than the Premier League? Well, it's the eternal question. I I. Personally, yes. So, would you would you prefer to win this season, win the Champions League or the Premier League? No, I want to win them both. But if you if I could give you one of them, I can't. By the way, and if, and if <laughs> I could, what are you talking if, about? If Why could, are you even so, on the show? So, yeah. Why are you on the show? Yeah. We were promised the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait a minute, championship. was that your job interview? Yeah. yeah. If I had to pick one, which one would I pick? Fucking hell, uh, mate, that's tough. It's a tough question. For me, you know, it's the league. For me, it's the Champions League. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, for me it's the Champions League. I take the Champions League again. I love, I, I love the European Cup, and I, I, it's interesting. I, it'd be interesting to ask the 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 Liverpool the fans who travel away with Liverpool what what they would like the most. I don't think there's a question. I mean, you've, though, you've, for won, those you've lads, won a Champions League. You're going to win it all. That's what they say, right? Yeah. Well, you've, yeah, but I mean, if you put, I mean, if you put them on the spot, what do they, what do they pick? Uh, it'd be interesting. I, I mean, you've won a Champions League in the last, you know. Little while, but it's been a long time since you've won the Premier League, right? Yeah, I mean that. I think I feel like I feel (laughs) I feel like that matters more to teams who don't support Liverpool than it does to Liverpool fans. In all honesty, Uh, not saying that we don't want to win the league. Obviously, we do. But I mean, here's the thing. I'll we'll talk about it a little bit. Here's the thing: the rest of the country don't want Liverpool to win the league so badly that It's, it's that it's. I don't understand it. It's true. We don't. (laughs) I I know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I can I can understand that if Liverpool are up against pretty if if they're in a if they're in direct competition with anybody else, I can understand why they don't want Liverpool to win it. But Manchester City are have ruined English football in on a scale that we've never seen before with their financial doping. And it's like Liverpool and, and the whole country is blinded by this hatred of Liverpool that they're willing to just like brush this whole investigation and everything under the carpet 
when really all of English football should be so angry about what's going on there. And they didn't start here's, it. But... And, and here's the thing. Here's what I will say to you. If Liverpool don't win the league, I want Man City to win the league. And if Liverpool get knocked out the European Cup in the next round, I want Man City to win the European Cup. Because they could get stripped of it? No, <laughs> no. Because if the rest of the country want to support the Chiefs that badly, then I want them to win everything and then we'll see how much the rest of the country really enjoy it. That's where I'm coming from. When they're like, we're so rich when they're like, that we're, we'll break we're the rules. We're so sick. Yeah, we're, they, they break the rules, they win everything and then the re- and then I'll just turn around to the rest of the country and go, well, you supported them. You let them get away with this for this long. So... That's what, I'll leave that there with, with regards to... That English was a bit football. of an angry rant. I like that. Well, I just don't... Under, like, the only set of fans who have a legitimate cause at, like, not wanting Liverpool to win the league are, are Man United because of that history and then, like, the smaller teams like Everton. <laughs> uh, they're the only The two, smallest team in the Premier League. They're the only teams, of sets of fans that are justified in... in and even the thing about Man- like Manchester United fans, it's not even clear cut because it's their city rivals. Like if you flipped it around and put Everton in our position right now, I wouldn't be like Man United fans cheering on Everton. No. I, w- I wouldn't be that person because no. I'd still be looking at Man City and being like, you know what, these are fucking ruined football. It was the same reason last week that I wasn't upset that Man United beat Paris Saint-Germain because Paris Saint-Germain have done the same no. thing. And it's like, I love to see the money get... Yeah. Mate, this is what I've been saying about Barcelona and Real Madrid for years, though. Both but of them are crooked. But, but they, they, they are, but in a different way. Like, the way that City and Paris Saint-Germain have, have gone about business is, is not comparable to anything we've seen before. And, you know, people talk about, oh, Man United, blah, blah, blah. Man United are obviously a very rich football club. But that was just because they got successful at the time that money came into the game. They earned that money. Yeah, it's not from a rich investor. It hasn't investor. just been dumped. And, and even then, if a billionaire takes over Man City, like Abramovich did with Chelsea, I mean, Abramovich blew everybody out the water, but the FFP wasn't in place when Abramovich took over. Just as well, otherwise they'd be fucked as well. Exactly. But, but I mean, the thing you is, you can go back to Jack Walker at Blackburn, who did, you know, he, he threw right. money into the, into the league initially and spent... Uh, Spent big money and they won the yeah, league. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Other teams have done it, but what what the way City have gone about it with these like yeah, commercial way. deals that are just like blatantly fake and set up by their owners to like hide make, move to money, hide yeah. the money, and it's just like you know what? Like if you win, I'm sure so your the, fans are happy the, with it. One of the things that they've done is they've left the sponsorship of the stadium on a on a one year rolling. Contract. So they can keep increasing. It. So they so basically they say okay, how much money do we need to have made yeah. to come in our financial fair play? And then they yeah. just say that's how much it's going to cost, and it's their own company. Yeah. So I it's mean, completely crooked. It's yeah. completely oh, crooked. 100%. And I think this is it. I mean, like uh, Man City, they're probably going to win the league. That's great. I, I, I want it out there right now that I don't hate Manchester City. I just hate the way that they've done business. Like this whole thing about there being a rivalry between Man City and Liverpool. That's a hundred percent one sided. We Liverpool Liverpool fans don't give a shit about. They're Man irrelevant City. to us. They've they're, got no history. The only two teams we care about or 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 have a rivalry with are United and and what's the name Everton. The everybody else forget about it. Right, we're not interested. So stop thinking that you have this rivalry with us. I want Man City to win everything if Liverpool don't win it. That's where I'm at. Because you know what? You guys have got first world problems. <laughs> <laughs> You're moaning about Champions League and winning the league. Sunderland's highlight video last year was the top 10 throw-ins. <laughs> like, we... So was Everton's. Yeah, yeah we... Uh... But you are in a final. We are in a final. We are, yeah. The, what the is Czech, it called? The ch- called the Checker Trade Trophy The Checker Trade Trophy. Who have you yeah. got in that? Portsmouth. Portsmouth. We've sold out. I might fly home for the weekend. When, when is it? It's end of February, right? No, no it's end of, when are we? End, end, of, March? end of March. End 31st of March. March. Okay. Mother's Day. Oh, oh, You're going to go to the final back in England on Mother's Day? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, <laughs> my mum might kill me. But <laughs> you won't come home for Christmas, but you'll come, <laughs> you'll come back for the Checker trade final. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because uh, back, uh, back at the, the start of the season, like August time, my uh, my mum and dad, they still live in Liverpool, right? And they, they said, oh, we're, we're thinking about coming out to Vancouver next year to, to see you. And they've been out before, right, obviously. And I said to them, I was like, it doesn't matter when you book. It doesn't, I don't care. Just don't book in May. Uh, and it's been the same rule for 10 years. Just don't book in May, just in case. 
the next week I go on Skype, I, I dial up, they t- they come on. It's my my mum's not there. My dad, it's only my dad there. I said, oh, wh- where's mum? Oh, she's just on the phone with uh, the whoever she's flight center. Yeah. She goes, I said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah we're, we're coming to Vancouver. I said, oh, when have you booked for? My dad goes, I, I'm not sure. You'll have to ask your mum. So five minutes later, she comes on. When have you booked for? Oh, we're coming May 1st to May 15th. I said, are you kidding me? Like, the, I gave you a four-week window to not book. <laughs> so then, as the as it's getting closer and closer to Liverpool, obviously, in the title, I'm like, you know. Are they actually, she actually booked it? Yeah, they're coming. They're coming. Julie. Your lad's got a message for you. So anyway, they go, they're going on a cruise. They're going on a cruise for a week, so I'm going to go on the cruise. The cruise gets back to Vancouver on May 11th, so the plan is get on a flight for May 11th. The last game of the season is May 12th. Well done. So, well, what can I do? You know, she's put me in that situation, or they, they've put me in that situation. You're blaming Steve or you're blaming Julie? Oh, I know it's Julie. <laughs> well done, Julie. Winning again. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Um, Hang on, I want to do. I want what? you to predict the draw. Predict the draw. I well, mean, call it now. Let's see. Well, I told you what I wanted. I'm not going to pick anything different. Go on then. What do you want? I want Manchester derby. City United. City United. Yeah. Ajax Tottenham. Ajax Tottenham. Juve. Uh, Barca. And Liverpool Porto. All right. Let's see what happens. That's yeah, that's a good draw. Looking at it on paper, that's a good draw. Yeah, that's the that's the, that's the best one. Because you've written it down. Written it down. Well, scribbled, yeah. scrolled. All right, mate. All right, let's move let's on. Let's move on. Let's get to the to the the local business, the MLS, the Whitecaps. Uh, we talked extensively about the Whitecaps uh, start of the season last week. I said that I I th- felt it was going to be a difficult couple of months. Uh, obviously, Salt Lake at the weekend they get beat one nil. I am really pissed off with what with the way that that game played out I don't understand what the point of VAR is if it's going to give decisions like the Whitecaps got against them at the weekend well just there recap is, what happened what was the result 1-0 right a really the, shady get penalty get 1-0 on a penalty that is not a penalty and if you're going to introduce VAR the whole point of VAR is to get that decision right and the reason I say that is because I watched the game at home and as the game was playing out and the tackle was made and he went down and the referee gave the penalty, my first instinct was, yeah, that was a penalty. Then they show the replay and you can see that he's a, f- a couple of feet away from making contact with the player and the player clearly dives. And then I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, well, great. This is what VAR is for. It's going to get called back. Goal kick. And then he gives the penalty that is ruining football for me more than just the referee getting it wrong. If the referee gets that wrong on Saturday and there's no VAR, I see the replay and I'm I'm still angry about it, but I can understand why the referee's given that decision. Yeah, with his view and at that yeah, speed. Yeah, but you... now I have no reason. I, like, I don't... The only thing that I can come up with is that the person in the VAR box was Stevie Wonder. <laughs> because there's no justification for how he got that... How he doesn't reverse that It is decision. a bit superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh. I mean, yeah, the, the, the whole VAR discussion, you know, you can go backwards and forwards with it, but, you know, there's a lot of people that are for it, a lot of people are against it. I mean, I think we've just got to accept the fact it's here to stay, and, and I think hopefully it'll become better. But at the end of the day, if like you say, if the referee's making horrendous errors being, after being able to watch it over and over again... Then I think that's on him. Like, but the referee didn't even watch it. No, the ref just the ref, went on. The ref yeah. just went in the ear, because uh, uh, I guess they check all those, the, all those the goals and everything, right? They check. Yeah. So the referee didn't even view it for a second time. He's just gone off whoever was in the box, and and they've said, "Yeah, okay, well, it's a penalty." It's just like, I what is the point in this if yeah. it's gonna make that bad of decisions? I mean, we talked last week about Ajax uh, with the the fourth goal against Madrid and whether that was a throw-in or not and the penalty that Manchester United got at the end of their game uh, the handball at least they would they were still debatable decisions but at least you can particularly the Man United one you can see it hit his hand and even if it was harsh you can say well you know to the letter of the law it's a penalty 
Well, to the letter of the law with the Whitecaps game, it wasn't a penalty, Not and it was all. a yellow card for a book for a dive. Yeah, the lad should get suspended by the league for but, diving. But how can that's the other thing is last year they used to review. Remember they used to review into incidents, and they would uh, uh, like suspend people for diving if they hadn't been booked for it in the moment. Well, if you viewed it on VAR and decided it wasn't a penalty uh, or it was a penalty. Not only was it a dive, but now you can't go back and say, "Oh yeah, you dived for that penalty, so you." Get... So he can't be so done for like that. So it's like a double. Well, of course he can't because you. you the rat, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's like, it's honestly here's the thing, if the MLS wants to be taken seriously, outside of America, or even by immigrants, immigrants who live in America and, and Canada, you you've got to get this right because every season I get closer and closer to the point where I'm like. I don't give a shit about this league enough to be pissed off with decisions like that. Like, it, it's it's ridiculous. Like, I I just can't. The, the that was every everything that was wrong with the MLS was in that moment for me. Well, the refs themselves have never covered themselves in glory. Right, but so adding the technology was supposed, supposed to be the to safeguard. Help. But apparently, I read online, and I don't I I don't know if this is true, but apparently the the. A, they call a pro, like the, the referee committee for the MLS, called Mark DeSantos and apologised for the decision. It's like, that, that doesn't help. No, that doesn't help. That doesn't put Get the fucking the decision, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want a phone call saying, oh, yeah, sorry. And sorry, it, it was never a penalty. And it's, it, it's, not like you've lost, it's not like the game's been 3 0 and the, and the goal's been, you know. It hinged it, on that decision. It, that, that one decision has, has cost them a game. And, it, I mean, it could cost people, could cost a, in a different situation, obviously, as a new cost coach. Could job. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, yeah, so I'm t- obviously, we've had our moan about that now. But getting on to the Whitecaps' performance, I, I said last week that I thought the. the the first 25 minutes against Minnesota, they looked very good. I wanted to see them extend that into like 45 minutes of football. I think we saw that. So, again, looking for the positives, I thought the Whitecaps played well. I thought they, they, they went with a more attacking intent away from home that we haven't seen yeah, we've for ne- a long, long time. we've never seen them play like uh, that. And, and they had their chances. There wasn't many in there, but the, again... They've created a few chances, and I don't think they really look suspect uh, defensively either. Uh, so, apart of getting away from the thing that unfortunately we can't control, which is just shitty referees, uh, I, I thought the performance was was quite good. I, I don't know if you saw the game because I know you were you were playing footy, right? Yeah, well, I missed the first half, but I watched the second, and then obviously I saw the highlights of the first. And um, the 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 Korean lad again looked very sharp. He was he's unlo- tidy. He's yeah. a tidy. Player. I tell you Good what, player. he is a player. He's not yeah. going to be around long because he is a player. Yeah, he looked. He was unlucky not to score early on. I think um, there was another breakaway chance. The Whitecaps had to go to go one nil up when it was nil nil in the first half. Second half, they they attacked. The, the lad came on it as a sub, Bangora. Bangora the winger. Bangora the winger. We talked about him last week. Yeah, changed, absolutely electric, like a different dimension. Yeah, um, I wasn't. I wasn't impressed with him overly in the first game, but coming on as a sub in that, he really changed the game and looked very, very good. I think his name sounds like a centre-back. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. Right? Don't stop. I, Here I, we go. I, I heard, I heard. <laughs> Am I right, though? I, Is he right I, about no, this? No, I From a professional it's, point of no. view? No. Do you, as a coach, right, Do you when you're scouting players, look at you, the name you don't go. bother to look at the stats and their positions, you just look at the name. Yeah, right? yeah. Name like that, they got to be a good centre forward. <laughs> Talking of centre forwards, uh, Ardeas for the Whitecaps. How have you pronounced his name? The kid who comes, who's come the off the bench nine. twice. Yeah, yeah. He's got to start next week yeah, because he both good. times he, he came on against Minnesota and he came on obviously the weekend. Both times he just looked bigger and better than Montero. Yeah, just very strong. Yeah, yeah. and I think maybe there's a the way he the way the Santos seems to be setting him up. The, there might be a role for both of them to start. I think. We're missing that that kind of playmaker in the middle a little bit is is my assessment of things, and I think if you maybe bring Montero back, who's a little bit smaller and nippier and skillful, if you drop him back, let that lad do the damage. Let that lad be the bully up front. There's an option there. I think Montero would be would be good as a number ten, like an attacking midfielder sitting, you know, in that. Let him feed off the Montero as the target man. He's not really that player. I, I mean, I know he played. He gets, that, he gets bullied a bit. Yeah, by, he played that role under under Robbo when he was here a couple of years ago, and and he did. I don't know what did he score? Twelve goals, fifteen goals. He did well, but 
I don't feel like you're playing to his strengths. No, he, he doesn't. He doesn't look at home in this system right now. He, look, he cuts like a really frustrated figure and a bit dejected. I mean, a, a new coach. Obviously, I'm kind of going through this situation right now. A new coach going into a new team, but he's he's got you know a lot of new players. He's it's going to take time for him to get it get them you know operating in the way that he wants them to operate and a, and, a, and a system and a shape that kind of fits with what their strengths are as a team and it, it, it'll take time and I mean you know hopefully that the problem is in, in this game some of the at this level coaches don't get time yeah let's hope that he does and you know I think that he will I think that I think he'll get time I think I think the pressure if, if things go really sour this season which I'm still not convinced that it's gonna go that way I think the pressure will be higher up yeah. This time, uh, to be honest, from the from the fans. Well, even if but if you're a fan though, I mean, you look at the first game and we talked about that, and we talked about the it it'd be unreasonable to expect to win. And I think we we came away from it and went okay, new team, new start. You look at the second game, and as a fan, you can't be pissed off. You, no, with the way the team played, played, right? Yeah. You, what did they do I mean, wrong? You could All see right. progression. Yeah. Yes, and you that's what we talked about last it. week. At least yeah. you want to at least see that. And by the way, I'll add to this. I don't know if you saw Minnesota won. 3-0 away at uh, San Jose last weekend. So that puts into comparison... 3-0? That, that Surprised they didn't concede a goal. Did you see who was in goal for them? <laughs> oh, it was... Vito Manone. Yeah, it was, it was the old Sunderland goalkeeper. the old keeper. Sunderland goalkeeper. Your mate. <laughs> yeah, oh, he couldn't catch cold. <laughs> uh, but Minnesota winning 3-0 away again, and at San Jose, who were, you know, um, traditionally quite strong at home. It shows that... That first, the, the the first game of the season, although it wasn't maybe a great performance for us, but it shows you that we weren't playing mugs. I think Minnesota, because they came into the league two years ago and they haven't really had an impact. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to be a team. Maybe this that year, team's yeah. made the jump and we yeah, just didn't. Yeah. We just caught the wrong end of it. So, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects there. Um, yeah. So. Uh, this week, <laughs> who have they got week, this week? We got Houston away this week, so, so that's a challenger, right? Yeah. Houston, uh, they played Montreal last weekend. They they lost. Uh, sorry, they won two one. Um, Houston have played uh, their first two games of the season. They uh, they've both been at home. They drew one one against Salt Lake, and they beat Montreal two one. But they did go one nil down in both games. So. Uh, there's some hope there that you know if you can create a couple of openings that you're gonna that you're gonna you're gonna make chances there if you if you have the the, the right attitude right. Houston away is a good trip as well, isn't it, mate? It's it is a good trip. Yeah. Do you remember Houston away when uh, we went? Not much of it. <laughs> I'll tell you, Mark. I'll tell you a story about Houston away. So we went on a big, big road trip. Long story short, we ended up at Houston, and we were talking to Jordan Harvey's parents outside because they were wearing Whitecaps tops. We're like, who are you anyway? They're like, oh, do you know that a player called Jordan Harvey plays for the Whitecaps? We're like, oh yeah, we're his parents. <laughs> so we go into the ground and uh, they've got a, a mascot in the stadium, right? And all of the Houston fans are all lining up politely to get their pictures taken with oh, the mascot. Oh, I forgot about that. Right, and there's this family and they're at the back of the line and we were just all stood there. Someone was getting beers and we are waiting. This family waited patiently for maybe five minutes to get their picture taken. They get to the front of the line and uh, they look around. They're, they're like, oh, can someone please take this phone and take a picture of us with the mascot? So Rod says, I will. Takes the phone, lines them all up with the mascot, turns it into selfie mode and takes a selfie and gives them the phone back. And then when they realised the mascot had already left. The mascot had already left. <laughs> what a it was a, It was a shitty move, but it did make oh, me laugh. Mate, that was um, Houston away. It was, a, it, it was quite windy there, to be honest. I remember thinking... Well, when we went, uh, it finished 0-0, I remember, and, and the Whitecaps scored in the last minute. It got ruled out got for ruled offside. Got ruled out, yeah. And it was actually onside. Yeah. VAR probably would have been... VAR, VAR would have given it as an yeah. offside. <laughs> if you get the chance, go, you should go to Atlanta. That stadium is unbelievable. I was there for we the MLS All-Star game. We were going to go last season and we didn't. Yeah, I was there for the MLS All-Star game in, in the summer and that stadium is insane. And yeah. it's a, Atlanta's a great city too. Yeah. So this is a good segue because you, you asked Rod last week about the Twitter and we did, have yeah. a, we did have a couple of comments come in on the Twitter. Did we? One was about uh, naming your football squad after types of cheese so we'll we'll leave this off the back of me saying that you can tell where a player plays yeah. just from their name but apparently I don't know you can call it by blocks of cheese who knows what, something, that, something I've always wondered with with the MLS in the naming of some of these teams that 
like naming the teams after disasters like the Chicago Fire I got <laughs> killed a bunch of people yeah you know the San Jose, San Jose earthquakes, earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember when we when we, we went to San Jose a few years ago and I may have had a couple to drink, and I was I, no. was, I was singing. No one likes an earthquake. No one likes an earthquake. <laughs> no, it's like you know. What are you going to call them next? So the question came in. That could be a good one. What could, they, cities, and what could you call them? The, the London <laughs> Black Death. <laughs> the London Plague. Yeah. London Plague. Yeah. Yeah. London Plague FC. The New York. York. The Chernobyl meltdown. <laughs> oh no! Don't. The New York. No. The New York. No. Seven three sevens. Oh my goodness. <laughs> So the question came in on Twitter, which is the best away game, Minnesota or mm-hmm. Cincinnati? Well, we don't know because we Cincinnati never been. has never, yeah. uh, we, obviously their first season. I went to Minnesota uh, last year or the year before, the, the, the first year they were in MLS. Was that last year? I can't remember. Is that the one that's on the college stadium? It, they were playing at the college stadium. It, we drew 2-2. We were 2-0 up at half time and we blew it. Um, and... Minnesota is a really fun city. I wasn't. I was just going to tick it off the list. I didn't think it was going to be. Very is that good. the place where you went to the pub and they had lawn balls on the roof? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. Sign me up. Yeah, it was good. So I, I, I can't. I don't know about Cincinnati, but Minnesota. I highly recommend if you're going to do one. Somebody asked that question. Yeah, Minnesota. someone did, and then someone else said San Jose is not a good place to go for an away game. No, it's so dreadful. But well, it does have the longest outdoor bar in North America. I know, I've drank at that bar. We've drunk at that bar. <laughs> Me too. I met you, didn't I meet you there? No. Well, was, um, I can't remember. I can't remember. can't remember we much of that trip. I just it's remember it was... Uh, you got was the, you've got the runway from the airport yeah. right yeah. behind it. Yeah. yeah, it's a good stadium. It's a, it's a nice little See, stadium. See, I, li- I like San Jose, but we stayed in San Francisco and just got the... We got a limousine to the, to the stadium, remember? Yeah, we... Uh, there were eight of us, ten of us on that trip. No, there was more. There's and more we got a limo and about four bottles of champagne in the limo. So by the time we got to the stadium... Did you have some prawn sandwiches as well? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we did class it up. Oh, I lost my hat out the window. That you was... did on the freeway. The funny thing about San Jose being in California is we were all wearing shorts and t-shirts because during the day it was boiling hot. It and then at night, night, up in yeah. the member, freezing, it was yeah. absolutely freezing. But for anybody who thinks San Jose is the worst away, they I'm assuming they haven't been to Colorado. Because Denver... Or Salt Lake. Denver, oh, Salt Lake's terrible. Yeah, you Denver. talked about... So, what's wrong yeah. with Denver? We've been there three times. Well, just the, the stadium's so far out and there's... That cannon that goes off when they score as well. Yeah. It's a bit obnoxious. Yeah. There's, yeah. And Toronto was shit as well. I don't like Toronto. Away. I don't like their stadium. Well, Although I haven't been since it got re- redeveloped, so maybe it's different. Now. So there you go. The recommendation so far is everyone should go to Minnesota away. Yeah, but we don't play them. Do we play them away this season? I don't Probably know. Probably not if we played them last year, right? They must. I don't know. Well, they changed all the fixtures because Cincinnati came in, so I'm not really sure how it works yet. Maybe we play them away. There's a former Whitecaps guy in charge there, Alan Koch. He was That's the, a Cincy, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. the head coach of Whitecaps too. Well, Cincinnati have got a few because uh, they got obviously Kendall Waston's there as well, right? That's why they keep conceding goal. <laughs> <laughs> How many red cards has he had in two games? <laughs> Three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the 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 Whitecaps. So we got Houston this week. I don't know. I think we might get our first point of the season this weekend. I, I feel like they've they've. They've had the teething problems. They've had a really big slice of bad luck. I think this this is the week where where we get a bit of luck and we get we get a result. So I'm going for at least a draw. Nice. Yeah. What about you? Well, I don't, Houston, they're doing okay. They they're getting those results, as you said. I mean, I yeah, I'd I'd say I want a point. <laughs> Perhaps not. Perhaps I, well, I, I, no, I want three points. Yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take a draw. I'll take a draw. Okay. I'll take a Are point sure? there. Yeah, I'll take okay. a point at Houston. Well, yeah. you've got to take a point yeah, there. That's anyway, a good point. But, Respect the point. Thinking yeah. about Houston, that was the place where you went for a drink before the game when there were two police officers outside the toilets with guns. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. And then that guy that we met down there, that Houston fan, got kicked out of the bar, remember? And they tried to kick us out. We had to tell him we weren't with him. That's true. And yeah, then we remember. sang about burning the American flag or something. Was that was that Mark? I don't think I did that. Two hooligans. <laughs> Good town, Houston. Anyway, so moving on, mate. Um, we got Mark on the show, Mark Penno. Let's talk a little bit about um, your new role in local football. Let's call it a local football. like BC. The, BC. BC, yeah. yeah. BC football. Because it's something we don't really... Obviously, I'm involved in 
VMSL with a few games here and there, but it's not something like grassroots football and where it comes from. I don't really know anything about it, like how the game's developing, what's going on. So interested to hear like your thoughts on the game and obviously you've got your new role there, what you're going to do and how it all works. Just Yeah, I mean, I've been coaching full-time in, in BC for about close to 15 years now. Uh, at all different levels in, from in academy environments. Uh, recently, uh, the last five years, I've been in the in the university system that's now called U Sport uh, as an assistant coach with uh, Trinity West now in the Valley and and more recently with UBC. Uh, so yeah, I've seen. I mean, I've been involved with all these all the different kind of levels and, and environments and just watching it progress over the last. Uh, the last fifteen years has been been interesting. I mean, looking at the the participation figures for the for the youth players, it's gone past hockey now, which I think was a big really yeah. There's more wow. kids playing soccer than there are ho- hockey, really? um, and I think part of it is you is need... that because hockey's crap? I think yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get him started on hockey because he says it's a game of fluke. It is yeah. a game of fluke. Uh, well, yeah. I don't know about that. Have you ever tried playing hockey? It's it's not easy. Well, I'm not saying that skating is fluky, but every game of hockey is well, not every game, but ninety percent of hockey games are decided on luck. That's uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> don't take that one. No, it's still better than you went and watched lacrosse last week, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I call that organized butterfly catching. <laughs> but I don't Quidditch. Really, yeah. Quidditch. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, and I've got this new role up in, in Kamloops, so I'm going to be the head coach of the programme up there, so I'm, yeah, I'm really excited. So, first of all, your career, have you always been in the, on the, in the women's side of the game? No, or? no, I, I coached both uh, for the longest time, I, you know, I was on the men's and women's side. Uh, then, I, I didn't really have a specific desire to, to go solely on the women's side, but I started having more success, and so when that happens, you end up getting offered more roles mm-hmm. and so it, it kind of just evolved that way and and I've been kind of on the women's side uh, predominantly for the last kind of seven or eight years uh, so yeah I mean it's a, it, it's a different game coaching the boys because of coaching the girls but you know there's there's definite pros and cons to both of them but uh, you know I, I really enjoy it you know you build good relationships with with players and they'll, they'll work hard for you right so with regards to the to the university kind of uh, side of the game is it um is it mixed with the with the the universities in the states or is it solely canadian championship uh, so the the, the league we the league we're in used to be called CIS uh, but it's just rebranded to call itself U Sport now but so we play across the country just in canada okay. um, simon fraser university though they actually play in in the nc right that's what the was NCAA. confusing me yeah. okay. so they're the only team up here that actually plays in the us system um, but yeah so i mean our, our conference, our division over on this side is is probably, I, I think it's one of the toughest in the country. So we play, you know, UBC, we'll play against Calgary, we'll play against uh, University of, of Alberta, uh, UVic from the island. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very competitive division. Uh, and then if you qualify for nationals, that's when you, you play all of the other uh, conference kind of uh, first and second place teams. So it's it's a similar setup to the MLS in terms of it's east and west and then kind of like a playoffs for a championship? Yeah, essentially. Okay, okay. oh cool. Um, so talk, I mean, I don't know much about it at all. So talk us through like... Um, how does that? How's the fixture list play out? Like when? When's the first game of the season? So we uh, our preseason starts uh, first week of August. Okay. It's a really short, condensed season, and it's like it it, it goes by really quickly. But it's also you, you you blink and it's done. Um, one of the challenges geographically with Canada is there's you know snow shows up for most of the country. Right. So the the season's actually the first game of the, of the seasons in the first week of September. And the finals for nationals are in the second week of November. Wow, oh, that's wow, really that's short. Really yeah. Quick. Yeah. So, so how many how many, games, how many league games do you have before you get to? We the... play fourteen. So we oh, play geez. we play twice. We play back to back every weekend. Wow. So we will play Saturday Sunday. Oh, okay. So what what the way it works is you'll have a, a a travel partner. So on the schedule. So for example, at UBC, we would always always travel uh, alongside UVic. So let's say we went to Manitoba. And they'll have a travel partner. So Manitoba, the University of Manitoba and the University of, of Winnipeg, 
one would play one, one would play the other, then the next day they'd flip and play each other. So every team plays. Right. Uh, so we travel with um, with UBCO, which is the University of British Columbia at Okanagan. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, we'll come down here and play UBC one day, then go over to the island and play UVic on the second day of the weekend and then head right. back. That's so, interesting. Now, a completely different topic, but along the same lines. I remember years ago talking to a lad in, out in Richmond about, um, he was traveling a band. And then in a lot of the, like, out in the outskirts in the small pubs, bands come in and they're on tour and they do Fridays and Saturdays and they, they book the same place like double headers. And I go, why do you do that? He said, mate, I've traveled a thousand kilometers to go on tour. I'm not just going to do one night and then move on. It's because of the distances yeah. involved, right? And it's to say, I guess it's the same thing. You can't just skip across to Saskatchewan no. and play one game and then go well, to go to Ottawa the next day and play again. You've got to... I imagine financially it makes that's, sense. That, that's the challenge. And and the argument from, from the performance and the coaching side is, are you getting the best out of the players when they're playing back-to-back days? Probably not. Yeah. But it's not like we're getting 40,000 fans out to games and we've got a, a big budget, right? So That's uh, tough on the players. Yeah, man. it is. It is actually really tough. Last year we did some, some heart rate. Uh, we, we had the players play with heart rate monitors and we were kind of tracking to see what their the heart rates were in the second game of the weekend and it's not ideal but it, you know the problem is if you if you played say a friday sunday it's another hotel room it's it, you know it, it adds it, a lot of it, cost yeah, yeah, yeah. do so, you do you fly or do you go coach uh so with when i with ubc we'd fly to quite a lot of them yeah. um with with our role uh, with our club at uh, um at thompson rivers a lot of it's busing because Kamloops is a bit more central. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So a lot more bus. We'll only fly to, I think we only fly to Winnipeg this year. Yeah, oh, they're okay. on, our, on our schedule, so. So in terms of how you coach the team, you've got, obviously, there's the tactical side of it and how you want the team to play and what you want them to do with the ball, but does it mean that there's more emphasis on the fitness, like get making them prepared and able to do those like back-to-back games? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure, but... <laughs> Because that that seems insane to me to play back to back is yeah. mad. Yeah, it it is. It's definitely a challenge, and fitness is a big thing. I mean, you know, I'm taking over a new team, and it, there's no secret that they've struggled in the last few years, and and so one of the one of my things that I want to get, you know, get through to them initially is I want them to be fit. We're going to create a team identity of being fit, hardworking, and organized because those things we can control, and so if is we're tough to beat. You know, so yeah, a lot of fitness work, and you know, I know that's your favorite, Andrew. So maybe you can come in and be our fitness coach. <laughs> if by fitness you mean eating meat fatness. pies, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you've mistaken fitness for fatness, my son. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, no, it's a good opportunity. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, so how many, uh, how many um, do you have in the squad for a university program? How many t- uh, players? I mean, you can essentially take as many as you want. So I have a, I have a scholarship budget. Right. That, so if I want to bring players in, I can offer them certain amounts of money. I can bring players in for nothing. I can give them a full ride. Uh, you know, depending on the player. So you kind of have to manage that. Right. And then knowing, obviously, you're basically in a state of transition all the time because you, I have graduate players. Losing. Yeah. So in fifth year players, they graduate. Yeah. And so yeah, then you bring in rookies and recruits coming in. So right. Uh, right now, I think I've got 22 returning players and four definite uh, recruits coming in. I'm looking at a couple more. So I'll probably be in around about 26, 27 players in my squad. Which you need if you're playing well, yeah. that much of a condensed schedule. You, you, you know, you're going to pick up injuries. So in, injuries must pitch. be hard to deal with in that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's always, you know, it, the, the challenge is, is it's trying to get Make sure your team's fit for the, you know, the the meat end of the season when you know when you're coming down to playoffs and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's tough. So would you say that squad rotations are going to be a massive part of what you need to do? I mean, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around some of the ideas. Like if we're playing on the same weekend, what I'd class as a um, a, a rival points that we can potentially pick up. I mean, if we're playing the top teams. You know, maybe we rest some players for the next day against a team that we can. can that's more off. realistic. Uh, I I don't know. I I'm I I I'm not that way. I like to go and compete and put yeah. our best performance out there. So it's it it is it's going to be you know it's a challenge to manage the, the squad properly to make sure you can get the best out of everybody. And because you see this in hockey, like teams often they'll go to it at, at the end of a, a long road trip and they'll basically tank because. Yeah. 
they're like, you know what? We've got more important priorities. We're at the end of this eighth game of a nine-game run. We're not going to win. And that, to me, like you just said there, it, as a football fan from from the UK or whatever, that's foreign. The idea that you go into a game and you, you've got no intention of winning, you just need to get through it. I don't think any of us thinks that way. No, but, I think in hockey, though, they play, don't they play 80-something yeah. games? But you lose one, it's not a big that's deal. It, but but it, it's, when yeah. you've got a compressed schedule like you've got, it kind of amounts to the same thing. There's so many games coming so, so quickly, you've kind of got to take on that. Yeah, but when you've only got 14 games, there's yeah. not many you can give away. Yeah, right. exactly. Like which in is, hockey, which is... Yeah, you've got that chance. But... Um, I had something to say and I've forgotten, but uh, you, you, um, what do you, what's a realistic expectation for you this season? Like, what do you want to get out of it? This Is season? It? I mean, you know, I, like I said, I, like you said, I just, I've been there less than a month. Um, and so the, uh, the players that I have are the players that I have. Uh, so, I mean, they finished second bottom this year. Uh, if we move up one spot, then we we qualify for playoffs. Okay. So I mean that. And how, like, how far off were they? Uh, I think like two points. So it's, it's it is doable. doable. Everybody else has improved. You know the recruits that have come in have been recruited by the previous coach that was uh, uh, there um, until December. Uh, so I'm you know I, like I said to the uh, my athletic director up there, it's going to take time to bring in the players that I want to be there. So like a full recruiting cycle would be five years. So that means every player in the whole program would have been a player that I've recruited that plays the way that I want them to play and I've identified. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got the players I've got this year. And so, like I say, making them organized, fit, you know, hardworking, that's going to be our initial uh, kind of approach. And then, you know, start to add players as we go. And then this, you might not know the answer to this, might be too technical at this point in your, in your you know, young career there, but... How did they play last season? Are you are you looking to implement a different style that's going to be a challenge? Yeah. Like I, like what what? Yeah. So one of the one of the things that's really cool about our league is we we, we all were involved in a uh, a program called VidSwap, which is a, a a technology that every game all of our games are live online. You can you can stream them. So, um, and then every game is recorded and sent into this program called VidSwap, and so I can access every other team's game that night. And watch their game online, right. and it breaks it down for us. So that so there's a like a program where you know I can click on attacking movements, and it and I'll have a file of, of attacks, uh, you know, set pieces, whatever. So uh, I've I've seen all of their games from the last. I mean, uh, I've seen all of their games from the last uh, last season. So I I know how they played. I kind of and so tactically we kind of got to shift it around a little bit and obviously be. <laughs> concede less goals I think will be the, the first one and, and just be tougher to beat I think and then on a wider scale uh, it's got to be an exciting time to be involved in, in the women's game it's getting it's so much bigger than over the last it feels like the last 10 years the women's game has really uh, exploded we've just had the the She Believes Cup yeah, uh, last England month won. England won it yeah, yeah. Uh, and then obviously we've got the Women's World Cup uh coming up this summer yep, I believe France, right yeah. yeah so um realistically uh wh- how, how do you where do you see the women's game going or you've maybe got your finger on the pulse a little bit more than than the average fan yeah but... I think especially in Canada I mean the Canadian women's team traditionally has, has actually had some success so I think that generates a bit more buzz the men's team not so much but you know uh, our previous head coach a guy called John Herdman who's actually he's from the northeast of England as well um, although he supports the black and white mob up the road, um, so but he he did a really really good job. Is that at, the one that's in the Premier League? I don't know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah, the the dirty barcodes. Um, yeah, he he did a really good job on the women's side and and has has been offered a, a basically the head coach's job of the men's team now. So he's moved across. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if he can do the same thing with, with the men's program. I, I, I wish him all the success. He's a, he's a very, very intelligent guy. And uh, I've been impressed with the time that I've been around him a little bit. And yeah, it'd be, but I think, you know, the, the women's world cup, we, it, it, it inspires the young players and, you know, it gives them a, something to try and 
achieve and, and set the targets to. So it's always, I mean, we always see when I was working in the club system, we'd always see a little bit of a, um, a spike in, in participation figures and, and registrations when the women's world cups on, uh, or right afterwards, because even the men's world cup, you know, yeah. it, it, everyone's watching it on the TV yeah, and the little kids say, I want to go and do that. So yeah, I'm hoping, you know, I think this is the last year for probably one of Canada's all time greatest players in Christine Sinclair mm. uh, I think this potentially could be her last World Cup so you know I hope they I hope they do well I uh, I actually watched a, a couple of the games from the the she believes tournament uh, online w- one thing that struck me I, ha- I I don't watch a lot of women's football but I I hadn't haven't really paid attention to it since the last World Cup and uh, obviously that was in Canada yeah but it seems like even in those four three and a half four years the the level has significantly increased yeah there's more there's more professional leagues started to pop up and there are actually now opportunities where you know players can actually earn a good living doing it and, and there's a lot more uh kind of media coverage around it now and 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 i think because of that i think it's it's the, the game's really really starting to to explode a little bit and you know you know I think in England as well, like you're listening to, you know, journalists talk about it when, you know, predominantly they wouldn't even talk about the women's game. So I think it's, it's really good for the, for the sport in general. So, yeah. And then I, I have to laugh well, when you got the, or when it was announced that you got the job, uh, three, about three weeks ago now, wasn't yeah. it? four weeks ago. Um, <laughs> it's kind of every young lad's dream, maybe not so much in Canada, but, but, you know, in, in the UK to like, Imagine what it would be like being a professional footballer or a professional manager when you go up in front of the press and then I've known you for, for eight or nine years and then suddenly you're on TV. We're watching him on TV yeah, you're on press TV conference. getting interviewed like, like Kloppo. I'm like, yeah. hang on, I know this guy. This is, this is Benno. What's he doing in front of that camera? Yeah. What, what did that feel like? If you haven't seen it and you've got a bit of time, YouTube... Uh, uh, you can go on YouTube and find it, right? Yeah. How did you find it? Uh, I think it would be under um, uh, whatever the, the TV station in, in Kamloops is. Uh, CF, it's, uh, C, CFJC Sports and then okay. my name, Mark Pennington. But it, yeah, it's, it, it was pretty funny when I, when, I, you know, when I accepted the position and they called me up and uh, he said, you know, when, when, can you, when can you come up and sign the contract? And I said, yeah, I can come up probably sometime in the next week or so. And he's like, well, can you let us know an exact date? Because we'll... You know, we got to set up the press conference and alert the media. And I started laughing, thinking he was taking the piss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and sure enough, I get up there. I I I, w- I was rocking up in a tracksuit, and and he he said, "You make sure you bring your suit, right?" And I, and I was like, "This is actually real." <laughs> so yeah, I'm sitting there, and there's a, a room full of people, and there was like local coaches and the radio station, the newspaper, uh, the TV station, uh, a bunch of people in the room, and I kind of sat there, and and honestly. You know, I, I had I had no idea what to say or do, it. but I mean, I, I wanted to be a bit really, like this then. Yeah, well, I wanted to be really conscious about the previous guy. I don't want to go in and and, and slate somebody like right. because you know I'm sure he had his challenges there too. But I also want the players to know that I'm here to change things. But right. you know, and really, you know, the message is more for them mm-hmm. saying, look, you know, we want to. You know, we want to get a buy in here, and we want to do something. So it was pretty fun. And then the next day, I mean, like it's such a small town, and it and it's, it, it they're a big sports town, like they love it. And there's not much else going on. Any of the Kamloops Blazers is the hockey team up there. Uh, but apart from that, like I was in Tim Hortons the next day, and I had an old couple come up to me and oh, we saw you on the TV. <laughs> Can we buy you a coffee? And then and then I was sitting in Earls and having dinner, and people were recognizing us. It was yeah, it was. It was That's so funny. cool though. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're living it on that on that small scale yeah it does me it it does me and i I probably have to like behave myself (laughs) people know who i am now in the town so i probably can't do much stupid stuff i gotta laugh because obviously we're friends on facebook and it came you you put on a a status saying like oh i've got this new position and blah blah and i was like oh that's cool like i didn't think much of it you know liked it and then the next day you put up the video to this press conference i'm like Oh, this this is this yeah. is quite this, <laughs> this is quite, is quite a big, big deal. deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the team plays in orange, and, and I I happen to have an orange shirt. I, I don't know why, but and so it's I wore. Because you've got a terrible dress. Head. Apparently, <laughs> so I wore an orange shirt and a, and a, a tie that t- had a bit of orange in it to kind of represent the team, and I had like a blue suit, and the, I got actually there was quite a few compliments on Facebook. There was about 
80% of people like, hey, looking sharp. I like that. You've gone with the orange for the team. And then about 20% said I look like an Oompa Loompa. <laughs> <laughs> that was us. I was about to say, that was, that was, main, that was mainly McPhee, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. So the first game of the season, September, when uh, when is it? Did you play at home? We, yeah, we're at home against UBCO, who are in, we're in direct competition for, for that uh, that last playoff spot, I think. So uh, that'll be that'll be a, a big opener. So I've never been to Kamloops. Have you been to Kamloops? Yes, mate. Been to the airport. Have have you? Yeah. I fancy that. Do you fancy an away trip? Yeah, to Kamloops. Come on up. Yeah. To, to come on up. Some it. good, some great golf courses. But one of the challenges that they've had up there in the last uh, in the last little while is um, with the forest fires. The mm. air quality's been so bad. You haven't been able to train because you can't breathe. Oh wow! So it's something we have to be, you know, the challenges that you don't of. expect right. that you're going to face. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, they don't know. I mean, it's been three years in a row. It's been like that. So the the teams have had to come down here and stay in hotels just to get training sessions oh, wow. in. But the you know we have, we got a a really cool facility up there, and the uh they're talking about putting a, a dome like a, a bubble over the field so it can be used during the winter because the snow's actually just got ploughed off it yesterday. So. Uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Best of luck. Thanks. Um, maybe we can get you back at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and you know, you know we, we can assess how it's gone. Send the can... camera like the Sunderland documentary. Oh, well, wouldn't that be great? Get yeah. it on Netflix. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, the Netflix documentary at Sunderland's. It, it's. It, I thought. Well, did you see it? Uh, you know what? I haven't watched it yet. Apparently, it's very it's good. It's very good. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. And they they they're redoing it this year. They are. They are. And you know what's weird? There's Leeds are doing one as well, so it's becoming a thing. Man City have got one as well. On Man Amazon City have. Oh, yeah, they did I one. Thought, on Amazon, I thought Man City's was was very sterile. It was really good to see. You know, kind of the the behind the scenes, but the Sunderland one was was more real. Like you, you know what I loved about the Man City one is uh, they were playing Everton uh, the weekend before they played Liverpool in the second leg of the Champions League. And the, the camera is in the changing room at Goodison Park. And the, the it's like before the Everton game. And they've got laid out on the table and they're talking about how Liverpool are going to play in the week. They're not even, <laughs> they're not even asked about Everton. Everton. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah, but apparently Leeds have got one this year. I don't know if it's going to be on Netflix, but the only reason I know that is Leeds played uh, Bristol City on uh, last weekend. And Bristol City wouldn't let the camera crew into the stadium. Brilliant. <laughs> they just said, no, we don't have any but press. Do you know what's interesting, though? Is so, like, as I've discovered now, being a fan of a team in League One, when, <laughs> when you're watching the, the goals, um, like, on, uh, you know, on the highlights, you when they chose the replay, it's the same camera angle. Yeah, you only get one camera. There's only one yeah. camera. Well, I used to work at, uh, I used to work for local radio back home, and I used to commentate on Wrexham and Chester games, and it was the same thing. Like all of these so in, interestingly, because the Netflix camera crew's been there, they've got multiple camera mm, angles. Okay. But some of them have actually had, I think, at least two, maybe even three red cards overturned this year by using that footage because they can get a different angle. Oh, Whereas so if you're the, like if the, the cheats of League One. Well, <laughs> yeah, but but it, the the one angle, if it doesn't show that there the, the wasn't contact or whatever it was. I know Max Power had a uh, best name in football, by the way. Max oh, Power. Oh, is he in Sunderland? Yeah. Max Power. He's a, a prop, tram, yeah, he's yeah. a proper scally. Yeah, yeah he, he is a scally. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's isn't he from Liverpool? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah he's got a he's got a really strong Liverpool accent. But <laughs> yeah, he um he got a red card overturned, um, and the they had to use the footage. And the funny thing is, there was a uh, I can't remember the team they played against, but they had a guy sent off. And apparently it wasn't a sending off. And they asked Sunderland if they could use the footage because the the only League One camera couldn't see it because there was somebody in the way. And Sunderland said, no, piss off. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, so let's uh, let's round this week out. Uh, we're going to do our feature that we did last week. We've got some yellow cards and red cards to give out. Andrew, do you want to start us off? Mate, I do. Um, I said last week I was going to give the Whitecaps manager a second yellow if they lost. I'm not going to give him a second yellow. That would be harsh. Very harsh yellow. Um, <laughs> give him a warning. He's having a warning towards a caution for persistent losing. <laughs> so, uh, no, no yellow card for the Whitecaps this week. I saw this thing on Facebook today, and it was a basketball fight. And I've got no background on it other than it was two lads in... Uh, what's the basketball in? NBA. NBA. Basically slapping each other over what I could see, nothing, and one lad's got a three-game ban. So I'm giving a yellow card, actually, to basketball as a sport because it's ridiculous, but especially when they try and fight each other. So <laughs> It's heightest. Yeah. It is heightest. Yeah. Yeah. Yellow card for basketball because it's a ridiculous sport. 
Okay, okay. No, I can't argue with that. My first uh, yellow card this week is going out to uh, the MLS as a whole. The organisation, the top dogs. I'm, I'm talking about Don Garber and co. Because if you don't get this referee and situation right soon, this league is going to die. The refereeing is so fucking awful. And then we introduce VAR and it doesn't appear it doesn't to be improving it. doesn't change anything. Yeah. It's starting to piss me off. Now, I'm spending thousands of dollars a year watching this league if we include the amount of money we spend travelling away from home. And so I don't know what, why I'm doing That's what he spends it. on beer at half time. <laughs> In BC <laughs> Place. We yeah. talked about that last <laughs> week. And, uh, you know, it's like, if you want me to keep giving my money, I, I, there's nothing I want more than the MLS to be as big as it is, uh, you know, back home. But but there's a threshold, and I'm getting super close to it. So there's are, that, there's the no warning. credibility in the refs at all. There's you, no credibility no. in VAR any either. Like they keep getting that wrong. So uh, that's where my yellow cards go in this week. Have you got another one? I had a red card for I've VAR, got, but oh, you've kind of, oh, you've let, let, let Marco have a yellow. I've no, I've, I've actually got a red. Oh, go on. I've got a red card. You're just going in straight red. Yeah, card. straight red because it, it deserves it. The fan that ran on the field and punched Jack Grealish in the back of the head. I've, I've just stole rods. But it's it's not just to him. It's the copycats afterwards that, that have started doing it. But you know what? From As a football fan, regardless whether you like Villa or you like Birmingham, the fact that Grealish went on to score the winner. I hope, it was poetic. I hope the you know copper... What? When it happened, Liverpool were playing the same time yeah. and, and it came through on my, on my Facebook or whatever, social media, that it had happened and I saw it. And it was still nil nil, and I thought we actually I, talked about Villa it. Villa one nil, Grealish scorer's got to be good odds right now. Yeah, I, I wish I'd back. I, I I just hope that the copper that arrested the guy told him was a Villa fan and went up to his cell while he was a little slot and just said, "Finish one nil, Grealish got the winner." <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, you're right. You did steal my red card, but Sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it anyway. I'm gonna talk about the same incident. I'm gonna give a red card for that fan. For such a shit punch, if you're gonna <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna ruin your life, you're gonna get banned from the stadium for at least get it right because yeah. he didn't even get him. Like so, he's getting my he's getting. Do you know he's money. a pub landlord as well. Well, that doesn't surprise me. So you're talking about number one doing an idiotic thing and running onto a field of play and assaulting someone, but you're also losing your livelihood and going to prison for two years. I had a brick thrown at me at St Andrews at, at Birmingham. Did you? Oh yeah, they're animals, those fans. Yeah, they are. They are nuts. That away end is horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and the walk, the walk back to the main road from from St Andrews is a fucking. It was a, it was a long time. I, I think Michael Gray scored for Sunderland and we'd won. And there's a, a section outside the back of St Andrews where they keep all the yes. away fan buses. Yeah. And they, they keep the gate locked. Yeah. Until all the home fans have gone, so we're right up against the gate, and of course we're hurling abuse at the at the Birmingham fans walking past and there's this eighty year old security guy and he says, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that if I were you. You don't you don't want to get him angry. The bloody animals here. And all of a sudden all of the fans came running back with bricks and throwing them over the fence. They put all the, the windows out on the bus and uh yeah we we are we were dodging bricks. I uh I went to, to I've been to Birmingham a few times but uh, the one that sticks out is I went to uh, we Liverpool played in the cup uh, FA Cup game. It might have been the year we won the FA Cup, two thousand and six, and we beat them seven nil. And it was like a Wednesday night; it was a night game, and we beat them seven nil away from home. And we came out of the ground after that game, and it was it was they were not in a good mood, obviously. And got back to the car, and we like there was there was three of us. We got back into the car, we're like that was a bit of a sketchy walk, but we're all right drove out of the parking lot we were in and this fucking fella t-boned us and and like completely swiped the car out so we like get out the car this fella gets out right in front of their pub like a pub that's full of birmingham fans the one right by the ground i think it was called the half moon or something yeah i can't remember what what it's called but we we get out and this fella's like we're we're trying to like take his license plate the guys the guy said oh yeah we're like what's your name he goes saddam hussein we're like all right, mate. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so we get his license plate. 
I shout over to this pub, did anybody see that? They all went, no, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Get back in your car and yeah, piss off. Yeah. But the funny thing was, is it, like, as he'd hit us, we were, we were turning a corner, so it, as he'd hit us, he'd knocked the... the, the Tracking. He'd knocked the wheels off his axis. So, me mate, it was a Skoda he was driving. <laughs> Drove home, all the way down the M6, driving like that, but it was going straight. He couldn't turn left because he'd knocked all the key out. <laughs> Oh well. So yeah, that was our trip to 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 uh, to where was it? Birmingham. I've got another red card. I don't know if you guys have seen this yet today. Did you see the penalty for Swansea? Uh, Bursant's penalty this afternoon. No. If you haven't seen it, you've got to see it. Steps up. I think they're getting beat one nil by West Brom. Steps up. I don't even know how he does it, but he somehow manages to kick the ball behind him. It's, From the penalty? It's terrible. So you've got to try and find it. I so you're given a red card for I'm a miss. I'm given a red card for not just a missed penalty, a terrible penalty. All right, I'll, I'll finish this with a red card for myself. Go on. Number one for the cup of tea that I made you. Yeah, it was a disgrace. Mine and was no, all right. No, yeah. mine was... I got... It was in the smallest cup ever, though. Uh, it's a Yorkie cup, though. Yeah, and I'll, I, got, uh, I got cream and brown sugar. Yeah. Well, what can I say? Just only the best for you, you shithead. Um, and I'll give myself a red card for misrecording the first 10 minutes yeah, of the thanks. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for coming in, Mark. We yeah, thanks for coming in. Best awesome. of luck in uh, Kamloops. We'll, we'll, I'd like to come out and watch, yeah. see a game if, uh, if you can give us the fix your list. Yeah. We'll try and get out there for a weekend. Don't yeah. see any harm in that. Nope. Uh, thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, again, please uh, comment on Twitter. Uh, give us some feedback if there's anything you want us to talk about. Uh, maybe you want further advice on what away trips to do. Uh, don't tell us your best cheese 11. We, we don't care about that. Uh, but but uh, please get in touch on Twitter. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we are reading your comments and we want, we want your feedback and we want your comments. So uh, please go ahead. Yeah, and that's it, right? It's goodbye from me. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you.